Buckle up, it's time for That's How I Roll with Jeremiah Isley, a podcast about the games we play and the lives we live. That's How I Roll is presented by Theology of Games. Visit theologyofgames.com for the latest in tabletop gaming, news, reviews, and interviews. And now, here's Jeremiah. Hey, 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 how's it going, everybody? Welcome. Welcome back to That's How I Roll. That's right. I am Jeremiah Isley. The lady didn't lie. Uh, <laughs> this is the podcast about the games we play, the lives we live, and the phones we break. <laughs> so if you listened last week, I had a little bit of issue with my phone. And man, I tell you what, I'll, I'll be darned if the next day, like maybe 24 hours later, uh, my phone got broken again. So <laughs> it turns out the place that I went to had a quote unquote frequent breaker discount and I got a little bit of money off. And anyway, whatever. My phone's fixed. It's good. It hasn't broken again. And uh, that's great. All right. So let me talk a little bit about this show. Let me tell you what's coming up. We're going to do the What's Up Weekly. I've got a whole laundry list of things I want to tell you about and the things that have happened in the last uh, seven to 10 days since our last episode, including the fact that we're releasing on Monday or not Mondays, on Wednesdays now and much, much more. We're going to do a drive-by review of a little game called Dungeon Raiders. Now, wait a minute. You've reviewed this game before, Jeremiah. Yes, I have, but there's a second edition, and it is well worth spending some more time talking about. So we'll get to that in just a little bit. And, of course, we'll have a Real Talk segment a little bit later. And I want your organization tips because... I just need that. Anyway, all right, so what do you say I stop talking about what is going to be in this episode and we get on with the show? All right, so here we go. Here's this week's What's Up Weekly. Yes, I spent 90 bucks to get my phone fixed again. Uh, Here's the thing about that. both times I didn't break it. (laughs) I am, like I said, I am like meticulously, like it's almost an obsessive type thing. I really like to take care of my things, especially expensive electronic devices that are fragile. Well, uh, the second time it got broke, it was in a towel next to the pool because I was trying to keep it covered so that it wouldn't be in direct sunlight, you know, trying to be careful with it. And uh, my son gets out of the pool, grabs the towel, and as I'm saying, no, wait, there's my phone, it just rolls right off the chair and bam. He's like, oh, it didn't break. (laughs) And it totally broke. So anyway, my phone's fixed. It's good to go. All right. So um, let's see. What else has been going on? This week has been insane for us. So I, I actually did manage to get a few games in over the weekend. But like the week of July 4th and all of that, I probably put in, I don't know, in about in a matter of like eight days, I think I worked close to 80 some hours. I don't know. I really didn't do the math because I really didn't want to know how many hours I worked. But uh, we just a lot of live gigs that really, really took up a lot of time. I actually did one day where I recorded at like 11 a.m. 
went in at 1 p.m. to the live gig, worked that all the way up till midnight, and then came home and continued to work till, oh, I don't know, like 3, 3.30 in the morning. It was insane. It was a really, really hard stretch. Uh, but I've got gotten rest, back at it here, cranking out news and articles and stuff for the blog, and of course, Board Games Daily and producing this fine show that we are currently in the middle of. The other thing that I need to tell you about, and this is more important than my phone breaking and how much work I've been doing, but we uh, Patreon is up and running. It's in full force. We've got our first patron there. I've got some really, really good, cool uh, promos available for you. Go to theologyofgames.com slash Patreon or click the link that's in the show notes. It'll take you right there. You'll see all that you need to see. You can get in on this thing for like a buck just to say, hey, you guys are cool. We think what you're doing is cool and we want more of it. But you can go all the way up, and this is this is really cool, I think. If you are somebody that's launching a Kickstarter or uh, you're a publisher, whatever it is, for $12 at the $12 a month uh, level, you can get a live read for 30 seconds of a live read on one of our shows, whether it's Board Games Daily, this show, or the Theology of Games podcast. We're selling that for 12 bucks as you become a patron. So get in on that if you really want to do that uh, I just I think it's a cool way for us to be able to partner with some folks so hopefully that will uh, be something cool otherwise if you're not into that kind of thing for like three bucks or five bucks you can get some really really cool promo items from folks who have helped us out with that so uh, just want to shout out Cosmos Games uh, Starling Games uh, just uh, Crit Hits Ceramics, Gamelin Games, a lot of people contributing to this whole cause for us, and we're really, really excited for that. Uh, what else is up for this week? Gen Con. Who's going? Let me know. I'm not. Currently, at this point, I'm not planning on being at Gen Con this summer with the booth at Origins and everything has really, really gotten away from us. Um at the most there may be a day that i can like sneak out literally for a day and then drive back that same day i'm gonna try to make that happen i just i just don't know that it will we'll see what happens but i'm not counting on it but if you're going to gen con what are you excited about what do you want to see there what's the big hot thing i'm hoping you know we saw a lot of games at origins that folks were saying um well here's the demo copy or here's a pre-production copy we're gonna have it at gen con we hope to have it at gen con uh there's a lot of that going on at origins this year i just think a lot of manufacturing got really backed up and uh, so i think we're gonna see this really just huge push of new games and new titles hitting the shelves and the exhibit hall uh just because of of how many were supposed to be at Origins, but it'll be at Gen Con. So I think that'll be exciting. I, I really wish there was a way that I could be there with some certainty, but uh, we'll just have to see see what happens. And then lastly, just another little update with uh, Theology of Games here. Uh, stay tuned. We've got some really cool video stuff that's about to start happening. So um, go like us on Facebook 
check that out because we'll be doing a lot of Facebook Live. And then of course on YouTube, if you subscribe to our channel there, you'll be able to find out what we're talking about very, very soon. So stay tuned for that. And I think that's it. Man, it's been a really busy week. Um, but I think I think we should just go ahead and get into our next drive-by review. Whoa! Hey, everyone, look! It's time for another drive-by review. All right. Well, like I said in the very beginning of this show, uh, this week's drive-by review is Dungeon Raiders. Now, I guess you would call this a second edition. I don't know that it says anywhere on the box or anything like that that it's a second edition, but it definitely is very much that. It's not just a reprint of the original game. Uh, There's been a lot of changes to it, but let me give you some of the vitals in case you are unfamiliar with this title. It's produced, uh, I'm sorry, it's published by DeVere Games. DeVere's uh, an international publisher who just recently in the last maybe like two or three years has really started to bring their games to the U.S., And, man, they are like a sleeper little Cinderella story for games in the U.S. Uh, They just have some really, really good games. And for whatever reason, maybe it's just my scope of the board gaming industry. I feel like they are underappreciated for the quality games that they are bringing into this hobby. They have some really, really solid titles. So I would highly recommend... Anybody that doesn't know anything about Devere, which is spelled D-E-V-I-E, no, I'm sorry, D-E-V-I-R, there's no second E, uh, check them out. You're going to find some really, really cool stuff, including Dungeon Raiders. Dungeon Raiders plays three to five players. Now, according to the geek, they say it's a 20 to 60 minute game. Good Lord, if it takes you 60 minutes to play this game, you're doing something wrong. <laughs> um, this game is probably closer to 20 to 30 minutes, and that's playing with five players, too. I've, I've played it with all player counts. Um, it, does, it just doesn't take that long. It also says uh, eight and up for the age range on that, and that's definitely doable. There may be some subtleties and strategies that some of your your younger kids need to kind of work on to uh, to think about uh, how to successfully play and, and really be, you know, masterful at playing, but the mechanics of it are not hard to track at all, and they can easily play that. So let's talk a little bit about this because, um, like I said, the original game there, I really enjoyed it. And that's why I said, well, I need to take a look at this second edition because there were definitely some things uh, that could be improved. The the original game was uh, produced, I want to say, like 2011, 2010. So it's been around for a little while. And there are definitely... Just gaming itself, some of the concepts of game design and mechanics and game flow have really come a long way that maybe it just wasn't something that people thought much of uh, even in you know the last seven, eight years. So let me qu- give you a quick rundown of how the game plays, and then we'll talk a little bit about some of the changes that were made versus the original edition and the second edition 
and then I'll give you my thoughts on this game, which, spoiler alert, I really, really like. So the game plays in five rounds, which they call levels. You're going through a dungeon. Everybody is going to pick a character. Everybody also gets a set of cards that are just numbered one through five. They are your quote-unquote power cards. Depending on the character you get, you'll also get maybe a special item card. You'll get a little bit of gold to start with and maybe a wound or two, which is uh, a unique thing that happens in this, uh, in this case. But uh, those special item cards are things like swords or torches or crystal balls. And then the other one is keys. There's four different ones. So maybe you'll get, you know, if you're the warrior, you're going to get a sword. And if you're the thief, you'll have a key and things like that. The wizard gets a crystal ball, obviously. Um, You're going to shuffle up all the dungeon cards, which have different types of rooms on them. There's monster rooms, there's trap rooms, there's treasure rooms, and there's vault rooms. These all require you to get through them. And uh, what you're going to do is you'll have a stack of those cards. You'll also have these like dungeon level cards that you're going to use five of. And you're going to randomly draw one of those. And it's going to show you a little thing on the bottom. It's going to have this I- these icons of cards that have that are either green or red, and that stands for face up or face down. So as you start this level, you're going to deal that out, and then you're going to go, okay, face up, face down, face down, face up, face down, that kind of thing. So some of the cards, you'll be able to see what's coming in this level. Other cards are a mystery of the dark, deep dungeon that you are crawling through. Um, As you go in, as you start the level you start with the first card to the left and then you work your way through now everybody has to sort of work together to get through this dungeon um you have to everybody will will look at the card and say let's let's start with the monster card it's kind of the most basic one monster you know oh it's a dragon in this room and it takes 18 power points or you know it's got a power of 18 to defeat it so that means that the four players that are playing have to play some pretty high cards because your highest card is five in order to beat it now you don't have to play that card you don't have to play that four or that five and you don't have to defeat it but here's the trick if you played the lowest card and that monster was not defeated, the wounds, the damage that it does is going to go to you. So if you're sandbagging, then you're going to take the hit. Now, the opposite of that is if you're in the treasure room, if you play the highest card, then you get the gold. So there's this whole balance to the game of I need to hold on to my high cards, so that I can get the treasure when the treasure rooms come or the vault rooms, they just have like a list of one through five and then you get either a special item or some gold or you can get healed, things like that. Trap rooms are really cool because trap rooms will affect different players. It could affect the player that has the most gold. It could affect the player that has the least amount of wounds, things like that where what actually ends up happening is the highest card that's played in there will inflict inflict pain and punishment upon 
whichever card, whichever player it, it deems. So if it says, oh, it's a, it's a trap that is going to affect the player that has the most gold, and if the highest card here is played is a five, that player loses two gold. Well, that's great for the other players because they can go, oh, I'm going to play that five, and you're going to lose gold. But then you face a monster in the next room and you can't play a high card and nobody defeats it. And guess what? Boom, you took damage. Now here's the thing about damage. If you take too much damage, you don't die. That's the cool thing. There's no player elimination in this. But after you get through the fifth level and you beat the boss, there's a boss monster card at the end. Whoever has the most wounds collapses and dies and cannot win. It doesn't matter how much gold you have. You're donezo. You're out. Game over, man. So, yes, it's cool to save your cards and use them in rooms that are going to give you treasure and stuff. But if you take too many wounds, all that treasure doesn't do you squat because you dead. So um, that's a little bit about that and how that strategy works. And basically, that's how the game plays. Everybody, you know, it's simultaneous action selection kind of thing where everybody plays their card down, everybody reveals it, and you resolve the room that way. There's a cool thing that you can do. Like, if you have a crystal ball card, you can put that down and flip it over, and then you can see what everybody else played before playing your uh, special card or your power card. Now, uh the swords and the keys act as like automatic fives. So like if you're facing a monster, you play a sword, it acts as a five. If you're in a treasure room, you play a key, same thing, it acts as a five. And then the torch is really cool because you can play the torch before you begin the level and it lets you look at all the face down cards. So there's just, there's a lot of little things going on in this game, but mechanically the game, the way the game works is you go into the room you look at the card that's in the room. Sometimes you have to flip it over because some of them are face down. And then everybody plays a power card and you resolve it. The way you do that, the reasoning that you have for doing that and picking your card and, and all of that is really where the meat of this game is because everybody is trying to get more gold. The Whoever has the most gold wins. So you're trying to... Sometimes you're trying to throw it where... Oh, if I can throw a three at this monster, but I know that Billy sitting next to me only has a two left, we're still not going to hit it, but I'm not taking the damage. So you're trying to keep track of cards that people are playing. There's just a lot of meta game to this. It's I've called this one the social deduction of dungeon crawling. It's it's great for that type of gameplay. So that's how the game plays. Let me tell you a little bit about some of the the differences from the first edition to the second edition. First of all, component-wise, they've upgraded the artwork. They've they've kind of cleaned it up and brightened it up and just really spiffed things up. Uh, it looks really great. I wasn't so turned off, I guess, by the old artwork. It was fine. Um, it was... It was what you would expect for a dungeon crawler, uh, but I would say maybe there's a little more personality to this game now, to the, the style that they've put on it. One of the biggest component upgrades, which I am in total love with, is 
they put in tokens for your gold. So in the original game, they gave you two cards that had like, you would just put one on top of the other one and you would slide it down as you gained gold. And then when you got to 10, you flipped the card over that was on top and then slid it down again. I get it, like it was a cheap way to do it. You just print off a couple extra cards but it was a pain in the butt because if you bumped it or you you know somebody nudged it it was super easy to lose track of how much gold you had and then you'd have to say oh i think i got one there and two here above you have tokens now you just have the tokens you when you get gold you get a token it's as easy as that so that's amazing the other thing that they really did that really streamlined this game, especially in the setup, is adding the icons to the dungeon level cards. So before, when you used to set up the game, you would count out a certain amount of those dungeon room cards, then you would turn them over and then you would shuffle them in so there were some face up, some face down, and they'd be all shuffled up. And then you'd have to take underneath the table, deal out five of those and put a dungeon level card on top of it and put it on top of the table. And you'd have to do that five times. And inevitably, somebody would count six for one room and there'd be four left for another one. And it was just, it was tedious because you had to remove cards, you had to count cards and flip them over and shuffle and then do the thing under the table. Now, with the way the cards work, you just deal out, you take five of the dungeon level cards and you put them next to the deck of the dungeon room cards. And when you go to the next level, you just deal them off the top of the deck. Some are face up, some are face down, and boom, the level set up. It didn't take you any longer to set up that level because you still had to take the the stacks of the, the levels in the original version and deal them out. So it doesn't take you any longer to during the game but you just cut the time for the setup like by 90 percent it's ridiculous so it was really really a great great move for them to do that uh the other thing is the no player elimination in the original version you had a certain amount of hit points if you lost all of your hit points boom you died you were out of the game second level third level whatever it was and you just had to sit there and watch as everybody else finished the game. Now, with it being just don't have the most uh, wounds and everybody still finishes the game, the game remains balanced because you can still, you still have to save cards. You can't just, you know, take wounds to save those cards for treasure uh, because you're going to, if you lose by way of getting too many wounds, that treasure doesn't do you any good. So there's still balance to the game. There's still uh, tension and, and heavy heaviness and weight to your decisions, but there's no player elimination. So it, it took that and just took it right out. So those were like the big updates, um, the big changes to the game, and they're all fantastic. Listen, I'm, I'm telling you, two years ago when I first saw this game, I actually didn't see it at first. Uh, my buddy AJ, who's a co-host over on Board Games Daily, he saw it while I was demoing another game at the DeVere booth. And he's like, you got to check this game out. You got to check this game out. And they sent me home with a copy and we played it. And I was like, whoa, this game is really fun. Uh, obviously, there's some things that are a little clunky about it or whatever, but at its core, at its heart, the game is really, really fun. 
And now we're at this point with this second edition where it is tons of fun. The setup is clean. There's no player elimination. Everything just works. The setting up the levels, you know, playing it through. Man, they just took a really, really good game. And now it's in the great category. It's a great game. It's so, so fun. Um, I just, uh, I've never played this game and been like, oh, that was okay. We, we had an okay time. It was always, it's all, it very much so is always about, oh man, I think you don't have your five anymore. And I think you've got, you know, like you're just totally trying to figure out everybody's play, what they're thinking, what they're going to do. And, you know, oh man, he saw, he had a torch. So he saw all the rooms that are face down and he just dropped the five on this monster. So maybe everything else is cool and everything's okay in these other rooms. Or maybe he doesn't care about trapping. So the head games that you play, the backstabbery that happens, man, this game has it all. It's a tiny little package. It's, you know, it's a couple, it's maybe a hundred cards max and some tokens and man, is it just, it's just lights out. It's great. So uh, it is already in my top 10 for this year. It'll be on my list for sure. It's just so, so good. Uh, I I can't say enough good about it. I, I Like I said, I loved it before. I really, really love it now. And I'm so excited about this second edition. I will be playing this game for a very, very long time. All right, that is it. That's my review of Dungeon Raider. I can't even say it. Of Dungeon Raiders, the second edition from Devere Games. Let's move on with the show. What do you say? Do you have a question for Jeremiah? A topic you'd like to hear him tackle? Just shoot him an email at theologyofgames at gmail.com or tweet at theologyofgames. All right, it's time for a little bit of real talk, and I'm going to keep this one kind of short so that we can get out of here on time. But I really wanted to bring up, (laughs) if you could see my office right now, you would know why. I wanted to bring up the discussion, the topic of organization and time management. So here's the thing. I'm a freelance type guy, right? I do a lot of different things. I have clients that I produce podcasts for. I do live sound, uh, especially in the summer. I do a lot of live concerts. And then during the school year, I do live sound for theatrical productions. I do sound design. So I get to create sound effects and record them and do all that stuff. You know, we, we record voiceovers and really work hand in hand with the director to kind of create the soundscape of different shows that they do at this professional theater that I'm very, very uh, honored and love working with. Uh, they're great, great people, very creative. It's it's wonderful. Uh, so I do a little bit of everything. Um, and there's there's other things that I do as well. That, But that's the kind of the main meat of my professional ventures, I guess. So time management is a big, big thing for me. And 
Um, sometimes I'm really good at it. Google Calendar, I say, is probably my biggest friend when it comes to that because on top of that, you know, we've got kids that do sports and plays and school things. And, you know, there's just that calendar is so, so full. Uh, I help out at, at our church on, on certain Sundays, whether it's playing guitar or drums or running sound there. We are busy, busy people. And um, there are times when our time management gets away from us. And I would say, you know, the, the old adage is true. You know, time is like money. You're going to end up spending it. Like that doesn't stop, but you really need to know where it's going. So we recently bought uh, some big whiteboard calendar type things so that we can kind of keep visual track. You know, Google Calendar is great, but my kids don't see that every day. And we don't, it's good to have a big physical reminder of of what that is. So we've got some dry erase boards to do that kind of thing. And hopefully that's going to work. Regular organization is also something that I'm constantly working on. My office is a disaster right now. It 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 exploded dur- before and during and after Origins because I had to like unpack certain bags so I could pack them with the right gear to take down there. And so, if you have tips on organizing a home office, please email theologyofgames at gmail Tweet at us at theology of games because I'm at a loss for words at this moment. We keep kind of using my office slash studio as a dumping ground and I'm going crazy. So anyway, I just wanted to get that conversation started and we're running out of time for this show, but there it is. That's today's real talk, talking time management and organizational skills, (laughs) not things that I'm very good at, but I'm willing to learn. Okay, folks, that's it. Episode 85. Can you believe it? We're 85 episodes in. We're coming up on that big century mark very, very soon. That's going to be super cool. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks to Devere Games for providing me with that copy of the second edition of Dungeon Raiders. Man, is it fun. I'm just, I can't tell you how excited. I haven't been this excited about a game in a really, really long time. So thanks to them for that. As always, we get review copies all the time, and it really doesn't affect our opinion on it. If I'm talking about it, it's because I liked it. If I'm not talking about it, well, okay. So (laughs) on top of that, I would like to just ask you folks if you have just a few seconds to wherever you are listening, whether it's Google Play or iTunes or whatever the platform is that you are listening to currently, if you wouldn't mind giving this show a rating, a review, um, subscribing to it, and even better yet, if you would share it with your folks that you share things with. If you're enjoying this show and you think somebody else will, oh man, if you would just share it with them, that would be incredibly awesome and a last reminder of our patreon page it's up it's running it's in full swing be a part of what we are doing here at theology of games thank you so much for tuning in and until next time my name's jeremiah isley and it just so happens that's how i roll 
Thanks for rolling with us today. That's How I Roll is produced by Jeremiah Isley and brought to you by Theology of Games. If you liked what you heard today, take a minute to subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes. Thanks for tuning in and drive safe.